you know you are capable of more because you have a burning desire to get the absolute most out of your career and life, to starve your fears, to follow your dreams, and to realize your true potential. And we are going to do that together. This is the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. Are you ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Own Your Career, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Andy Storch, and I'm excited that you're joining me today for another fantastic interview. Today, I am talking with Mike Ciroc Ciroco, who is uh, just an inspiration in all the stuff that he is doing and shares some great wisdom with you today. Mike Ciroc Ciroco is the CEO of People Building Inc. and the powerhouse behind the What Are You Made Of movement. He is a performance coach, author, dynamic public speaker, visionary, and thought leader. He has been featured by Yahoo Finance as one of the top business leaders to follow in 2020, is on a mission to build people. He's driven to inspire others, and he measures his success on how he is able to help others achieve greatness. C-Rock had a fire lit in him at an early age, and that fire has ignited him with a fierce desire to compel people to see the greatness inside themselves using past life events to fuel their fire. And Mike C-Rock tells that story in this episode about his childhood, the difficult situations he's been through, and how he used that as rocket fuel to uh, push him to succeed later in life. And you'll see that he has done a lot from building a business and a career uh, to starting a podcast and now publishing a book and helping thousands of people and building a big following. Mike is also the author of the new book, Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable, and the host of the What Are You Made Of podcast, which I will be a guest on very soon. So this is a great interview. We recorded it live on LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube, as well as for this podcast. And uh, I'm excited for you to dig into this. Note that a lot of the stuff Mike talks about is really aligned with everything that we talk about on this podcast and everything that I wrote in my book, Own Your Career, Own Your Life. And if you don't yet have a copy of that book, would love for you to go out and grab a copy. Let me know what you think. Uh, Leave a review on Amazon. Send that to me so I can send you my thanks. And if you have read it and you're looking for more resources or you're just looking for the quick fix, the kind of quick hit of what is this all about, you can find tons of free resources on my website, just go to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. That's ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus to get uh, the five steps to owning your career, the three questions to ask when you face big challenges like Mike talks about in this episode, uh, and the top five most common career mistakes that people make. Those are all there. Just go to ownyourcareerownyourlife.com slash bonus. And now on to my interview with Mike Ciroc Ciroco who is the author of the new book, Rocket Fuel, Convert Setbacks, Become Unstoppable. Enjoy. All right, all right, all right. I am live with Mike C-Rock. Is it C-Rocco? How do I pronounce your last name? Sirocco. Sirocco. Mike C-Rock. <laughs> Great to connect with you, Mike. Uh, I'm really excited to dig in to this conversation today about turning setbacks into rocket fuel and uh, let's just start with that. Like, what does that mean and why is that so important? Well, you know, what I found out through my life growing up with a lot of broken people around me, broken minded people, most people are broken, let's face it, but I was in an extreme situation. But I found that when I wanted something in life or I wanted to achieve something, the things that stopped you are not the encouraging people. It's not the setbacks. I'm, I'm sorry, the uh, the wins and and confidence that you have. It's all it's all the toxicity and negativity. Your your own screw ups, people discouraging you, haters, 
uh, people taking advantage of you, letdown, setbacks, all this stuff. So what I found was is if you can take all this toxicity, store it in your tank instead of your trunk where it weighs you down, you can convert it into rocket fuel for your future and become unstoppable and not just get back to where you were before a setback, but blast way past it, blowing past competition and having the life of your dreams. So that's what it was all about, the, con- the, you know, the, the rocket fuel law in a nutshell. Yeah. I mean, the, the way you describe that makes it seem like, yeah, of course, like let's use these setbacks as the rocket fuel to help us become more unstoppable, more successful. And yet most people don't do that, right? What, what holds people, so many people back? Why do people get so stuck and let those setbacks overcome them? And, and they're not able to, you know, leverage those for any kind of rocket fuel. It's all perception and the patterns that there's, they find themselves in. And they start getting into a victim mentality, not taking responsibility for where they are, what's going on around them, letting the environment control them instead of them controlling the environment. And that's what it has to do with. And really, when you become aware and you know have the knowledge of this rocket fuel law and you switch your perception on things, the, the power – I can't even describe how powerful it is. It's just – it's beyond – it's the only thing I know that can get you in outer space is rocket fuel, right? So I want to get into outer mm-hmm. space away from gravitational pull, all this toxicity. I'll give you an example. I have a mortgage division that I run with three of my best friends and my little brother and another lady named Bev that just awesome team, 30 some employees. Um, and you know, we lost a loan officer yesterday. He resigned. And at first, no matter what the case is, he wasn't doing a lot of business right now anyway. So it was, you know, the time was coming, but in my heart still feel like, man, like he let he, he quit on me, you know, yeah. like at first. But when you know the rocket fuel law, immediately you accept it, you acknowledge that it's there, and you accept it as fast as possible. And then you start looking for opportunities right away. Okay, this happened for a reason. Where's the opportunity? Immediately find out what, what, what's going to be the good that comes from this. Now, I immediately saw that there was one gentleman that was working in the same branch that may have been help, being held back by this individual. And so we were holding somebody back that could explode by an individual that was not producing as much as he should have been. And now this setback would appear to be a setback at first. We use it as fuel, go fire the other individual up, let him know, hey man, it's your time to shine now. And he will blow up the business uh, more than before. So these little little switches, little perception switches. Yeah, so it, it, in, in, the, in the short term, it seems like a challenge. Oh, we just lost a, a person who's doing a certain amount of work and this is going to be a pain to try to replace them. And then you realize, well, actually silver lining is he was probably holding somebody else back. This creates a new opportunity for somebody else. And it could, you know, turn into a whole big opportunity for our business could be way better in the end. So let's, let's focus on that silver lining on that rocket fuel and go use this to take off. Yeah. And the the powerful thing is Andy, when, when you have this and you have other people that are buying into this law, which when, when something's a law, it's a fact It it is what it is. If you use this, this concept, it works when people start buying into it though. The multiplication of the effect is unbelievable. It's powerful, man. And that's why I had to write the book. I mean, it, you know, that I, it was just too powerful to keep to myself. You've got something going on you call the what are you made of movement. I'm curious what, what that is and why that's important. So I started a podcast back in 2019. Um, and it was really a platform for me to share my story, to try to get out to people and get known and meet people. And I started bringing people on that had success stories, but I didn't really want to hear their success story. I wanted to hear what ingredients went into making them because the journey to success is often invisible. So I see it a lot of times Mm -hmm. where you'll see successful people and you think that they just got that way 
luckily or were born that way born successful overnight success or whatever right right and that and that's not the case and so it really I wanted, is, yeah highlighting I want, showcasing the the challenge of the journey to get them to where they are well what yeah, what is your what has your journey been like you know how did you what are those challenges that you've overcome to get to where you are man there's been a lot but uh you know the one main one i always look back to is you know i came from a broken home i don't really remember my parents together ever um i might have seen wedding pictures or something but by the time I was able to re recollect, I don't remember them ever being married. And I used to do the every other weekend thing that those that listening know and are familiar with the every other weekend visitation, yep. child support, custody battles. Then you add step parents into the mix and then they have their own agendas that get in the conflict. And, you know, as a kid, when the adults don't act like adults, they start acting like kids with jealousy and this and that hate envy, all this stuff gets poured down onto the children. And that's what happened to me. Um, you know, and I, I, I took it, man. I took it. It is what it is. But I, eight years old, I decided to move in with my dad because my mom was moving on to her third marriage and I didn't really want to move into another man's house and learn another man's rules. So I had an option and I took it. My dad was moving on to his second marriage and I thought everything would be hunky dory. And I moved in there and it was good at first, but slowly but surely I realized that uh, I was going to have some issues because my parents started fighting. My step parents my mom, my, my dad, like there was some conflicts and I don't know the whole story, but I just know that it was coming down and I was getting the brunt of it. And a lot of things were taken out on me. So, uh, there, I dealt with abuse. I dealt with, um, threats, um, psychological abuse. And I used to sleep with a baseball bat at night, a lot of nights because I was scared. I, I wasn't in a secure environment where I felt safe because of the things that I was hearing. And so for three years, I put up with that as a kid and thought it was normal. When you're in something all the time, you, you start to become accustomed to it and you think that it's normal. It's supposed to be this way. And then one point, I'm not sure exactly what the breaking point was. I have to think about that because I, I really never took time to do that now that we're talking about this. But there was a moment where I realized something's not right here. And I was coming back from my mom's house. She was going over these hills in her car outside of Philadelphia in uh, Chester County, Pennsylvania. And I had this nervous feeling in my stomach. Like I was really anxious and she noticed it. Maybe this is what the turning point was. And she asked me about it. Now, when you go through abuse, for those of listening, probably are aware of this, but there's a couple things that go through your mind, why you don't share it and tell anybody. One, you're kind of embarrassed that it happened in the first place, or you're embarrassed that um, you let it continue. Uh, number two, you think it's ordinary. I already mentioned that. You're, you're just like, well, this must be the way it's supposed to be. And the third one, which is kind of weird, is that you get concerned for the abuser and what will happen to them if you share something and if people really believe you. And, you know, so these are all thoughts that went through my head. But my mom said, you know what? You don't have to live like that. I'm going to file court papers. If I do, though, you cannot leave me hanging out to dry because this is a situation. I don't have a lot of money. I go do this with the courts and you flip flop, it's going to be a problem. So you need to stick to your guns. If you really believe this, this is happening, you got to stick to your guns. So I took that to be stubborn. Like I got to be stubborn. When I want something, I got to stick to it because she reminded me that people will try to talk you out of your dreams and your beliefs. So I remember her saying that and weeks went by and I'd come home from school just waiting for my dad to be served these papers because I knew that that was the process. Finally, one day I walk in the house and then like the tension's thick. Like you could tell something was up. My dad had these papers in his hand and my dad, by the way, Andy, my dad was my hero. He had his own masonry business. And he worked really hard. He had big forearms and rough hands from carrying block. And I always looked up to him for being a hard worker, you know. And and uh, if you know anything about construction and Italian guys, they don't carry a wallet. They carry a wad of $100 bills in their pocket. And he had a rubber band around it. 
And he used to put that, you know, take it out, flash it, show us. And I thought that was the coolest thing in the world. So he came back to confront me about the papers he had in his hand. And he reminded me that my mom didn't have any money. He reminded me that how well I had it there money-wise. He couldn't understand why I would want to leave this situation. My mom's remarried again and men in and out of the house and things a kid shouldn't hear. And I said, you know what? I'm sticking to my guns. I'm not in discussion about this. I'm, I'm, I made my mind up. He said, okay. So he takes that wad of $100 bills out of his pocket, peeled one off, crumpled it up, and he threw it at me and said, well, here, then you're going to need this when you're living on the streets with your mother one day. Mm. And, you know, I know people go through tougher situations. But that situation was a turning point for me. A spark was lit and I could go in several different ways, right? But I just chose to be stubborn about it and say, you know what? You're not going to create my future. At that right. moment, I felt like I took responsibility for my life and I was like, enough's enough. And I'm going this direction. I'm going to make it happen no matter what. So everything I did in my life from that point on subconsciously, I tried to be the best. I tried to be the most valuable person everywhere, everywhere that I went, work, school, sports, relationships. And for 30 some years, I drove off of that. And about two years ago, I went through a little bit of a dark period in my business and my, my stepfather who stepped in, who was my mom's third husband, ended up being a great father to me. He passed away of a sudden heart attack. His name was George. And uh, I went through a dark period there for, and I was trying to search and find things. And then I realized something. I need to self-assess here. Something's happening in my life that's different than a lot of people. For some reason, no matter what happens to me, my graph for everything in my life keeps going up. And up and up and up. There's something powerful here. And if I can get my hands on this or just understand it, wrap my head around it. And what I found was I was taking what I explained earlier in the show. I was taking everything that would stop you or slow you down. And I was storing it in my tank instead of my trunk where it would weigh me down. And I was converted into mm. fuel every single time. And I would not be stopped. I'm relentless. There's a word that I found in a book when I, I read a lot. And I read a book. Uh, I forget what the book was. But it said inexorable inexorable. If you're taking notes, you might want to write this word down and look it up. It means unable to be stopped and unyielding. It's powerful, man. And so that's how I live my life, Andy. I love that. And, you know, truly modeling what you talk about, I can see where this all came from. And you went through some major challenges and, you know, dug your feet in and then you could have let that hold you back. You could have been down on yourself. Well, I didn't have you know, this happy family, I had all this complications and drama going on, but use that as rocket fuel. Uh, how did you leverage that to, because we also talk on this show about uh, career success as well as personal development. How did you leverage that to get you going in your career and be more successful? I know you've run, you know, uh, divisions and mortgage groups, but like, you know, how did that all get started? Yeah. So I got into, I dropped out of college um, and wanted to get into the business of making money, right? So I, I thought I was going to be Tom Cruise. I watched the movie Cocktail in College. <laughs> I thought, man, this is pretty awesome. Let me do this. So I went into the restaurant, bartending and all that. Didn't last long. You get in the wrong crowd. You're staying up late. You're doing drugs and drinking and just it's just not good. And I lost my way for a little while. But then I've, I met a guy named Joe and he was my business mentor. I came to work for him in in-home sales. And I did that for nine years, cutting my teeth, closing deals, handling objections, building rapport, all that stuff. And I hated it, but I, I got good at it. I hated it. I mean, I literally drove all over the place. Uh, I would drive to places that were just disgusting. Like no offense to anybody that doesn't take care of their shit, but these houses that I would go to sometimes would have dog shit all over the place. It's part of my language. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be cussing. I apologize. But, fine. Uh, but, but it was a mess. Like I would leave houses and come home sometimes and have to take my clothes off at the door. 
and I, I would, I would still sell, <laughs> but that's just the way it was, man. And, uh, after that, I just got fed up at a, a point where I was just like, uh, I feel stuck. And I believe when you feel stuck, it's because you, you're growing and you need to move on to something bigger, bigger game. Right. And so I got into real estate and then mortgages. Uh, I was a realtor, uh, top producing real estate agent for a year and a half, and then got into the mortgage game. Once I got into the mortgage game, everything just took off. I, I started as a loan officer, started building teams, and then divide, decided to start branches and build a division. And we went to the owner of the company at the time and told him our plan to do this. And we had to get his blessing, of course, because it was his company. And he said, well, I don't think I have a choice because I think you're going to go somewhere else and do it if, if I don't let you, but I don't think you're going to make it. I don't think you have what it takes. Of course, wrong thing to say to me or, or right thing, depending on how <laughs> right you look thing, at yeah. it, right? Maybe you knew what you <laughs> I'll show you. We went out and built a, a division of seven branches and 47 employees and eight, eight figures in revenue, um, you know, plenty of profit and did, a, did well and changed lives and built people uh, into machines that, that could have the life that they wanted. And so, yeah, that's how it all got started in career, but I'm, I'm just never giving up, man. I just continuously go forward and press not willing to take no for an answer, understanding that it's like, to me, success is, is no, I know Grant uh, says success is your duty and obligation. It, it really is, man. Hmm. Like I'm not okay being normal. I'm not okay being like average. And, you know, I like to take a hundred percent responsibility in my life, which gives me a hundred percent control. And uh, even when I don't necessarily, sometimes my brain doesn't register that I made a mistake or that it's my fault. I still take responsibility for it. Cause it gives me that control. I'd rather be that the puppet master rather than the puppet. I love that. And you mentioned, uh, you referenced Grant Cardone and in, in his book, the 10 X really talks about success being your, your duty and your obligation. Um, I've, I've learned over time that success really means different things to different people, right? So what does success mean to you? Well, bottom line is, is that you have to, to me, have a core mission that you're on. And everything that you do gets filtered through that mission in a complete alignment. And as long as every day you're making incremental steps towards that mission, to me, that's success. And one other thing you have to add to it is it's not about you. It's not about just doing things by yourself. It's about what can you do for other people and how can you pull your homies with you? Hmm. Yeah. So for really following through on that core mission, how do you figure out what your core mission is though? A lot of people might be listening, thinking, well, I don't have a core mission. It's awesome that you have this core mission. How do I find my core mission? Well, that's easy too. Um, people make it harder than it is, but you just need to sit somewhere really quiet and just imagine something. Use your imagination. Too many times people use only the senses that animals have. We're human beings. We have a, a lot more tools available to us, uh, as I like to say. You know, one of them is your imagination and imagination has image in the beginning of it. So you create an image in your mind and the, the image is something that you can like basically what, whatever you would want, man, there's no limitation by the way. Like a lot of people think that they got to believe things before they, or, or see things before they believe them. And that's why most people don't believe in what I'm about to tell you. You need to believe it before you see it. And so you believe it by having this image in your head of this perfect ideal life. And you could even actually image it, imagine it in your head and you could even actually draw it. I'm going to show you a picture real quick. You'll laugh at me. When I decided to start podcasting and speaking and writing books and all that, I literally wrote a stick figure and I just did this last night to show somebody. I literally drew a stick figure on a stage. You see there's yep. a little dude with a hat. Yeah. There's all the people watching. And I just drew a bunch of people. It doesn't have to be perfect, 
but I just drew a whole bunch of people. And I used to do seminars for five, 10 real estate agents at a time, like small stuff, right? Yeah. And I could never get these people to show up and, and make it bigger. And I did this. And now my podcast has been in the you know top 100 in the US, an entrepreneur podcast. All over the globe, I've been ranked. I have a book that's a bestseller. And I've spoken in front of the most was 17,000 people. Wow. Um, I, I would have never did that if I didn't imagine it first that I could do it. So yeah. everybody right now, if you're listening, imagine your life, whatever you want, whatever you want. Don't limit it. Don't limit it. Because we cannot understand what we're capable of. We cannot comprehend the limits that we can go to. So if we can't wrap our head around that, why would you think that you should limit yourself on your imagination? So that's the start. That's how you find your core mission. Mine is all people are unstoppable to live in the life of their dreams. That's my mission. So everything I filter, that's kind of general, but that everything I filter branches off of that. And that's how you do it. So yeah, it all, it all starts with that imagination, that vision, using visualization to really to think about, okay, where is it you really want to go? See yourself in that role, in that position, doing that thing, whatever that dream job or career or business or family, whatever that situation looks like. Um, but a lot of people go out and create vision boards or have a dream or visualization where they want to go to. It sounds like you've taken a lot of massive action, that rocket fuel to get you where you go. So what's the next step there? How do we so, actually start taking action on that? So that's, that's that first one's clarity. That's the first C. C, yeah. C rock has a lot of C words. Um, okay. So, so clarity, right? That's that, that's that one. The next one's commit to it. Like you got to commit to it. If you're not getting results that you want, or you're not happy where you are, guess what? You're the one that created where you are right now. Everybody is responsible, whether you take responsibility or not for where you are currently and where you're going to be in the future, good or bad or average, right? And so the next one is commit. You have to commit and like burn the ships commit. And if there's anything that's in the way of a burn a ships mentality, burn a ships commitment mentality, that's going to be the thing that holds you back. Now, I will tell you another thing, like you got to tie to emotion. Part of commitment is tying emotion to that image. And you're going to laugh maybe, but I actually imagine people saying like chanting C-Rock. <laughs> C-Rock, C-Rock. Like yeah, dude, rock. because- like, you know, the only way that's going to happen is if I'm making transformation and impacting people. Why yeah. would they chant your name unless you're doing that for them? And that's what means something to me. It's not that they say, it's not an ego thing. Zero. It's that I know if they did that, why they did that. The impact, the tran transformation that happened. If you want to have, you know, you want to be a creator, you want to be a consultant or coach, you have to have transformation. And so I've had that happen now. <laughs> I mean, it's, I walked into a room and there's a, tons of successful people. And I walk in, they see me and they, they, they turn and stop what they're doing and they start chanting my name. Dude, it's yeah. phenomenal. And I'm, it's not about me though. It's about what I've did for those people. And right. that's what, that's what people have to think about. So see clarity, see commitment, and that's tying emotion to it. And then from there, it's consistency, consistent actions going towards that clear picture that you had. And without regard to your emotions or whether you feel like doing something, how you feel that day, whether it's hard, all that stuff, consistency is greater than emotions. And uh, the other important part of that uh, about this is, is that like we're trying to get 100% participation from ourselves. Well, there's a little magic trick that if you just can pay attention to the times where you don't feel like it and where it's difficult and make sure you get those two down. The rest is easy because when it's easy and you feel like it, you know you're going to do it. That's how you get 100% participation from yourself. And that's what I always focus on. Yeah. And I, and I always think about it too is like you you talked about that commitment 
And when you know your purpose, that vision, that mission, uh, and you've got your why, that's what's going to help you get through those tough times. Because you're going to have those days when you like don't feel like going to the gym or you don't feel like building your business or you don't feel like reaching out to another client or prospect or you don't feel like going to work. And But if you have a real reason why you're going there, that helps you with that commitment. And then you just need to consistently keep consistently showing up. It's basically what you're saying, doing the work. As long as it's aligned, it's the right work, you keep doing it. And I see a lot of people who fall off. They have this big dream or goal, or they start showing up on social media, chasing something, building something for a little bit, and then they disappear. Right. And it's like, what happened to them? Like, well, got a little tired of it. Didn't follow through. And I've achieved a lot of things, I think, just by consistently showing up, but I still don't feel like I do it well enough. Right. So how do you get yourself, especially those days when you're like, ah, I don't really feel like it. Just keep moving forward and keep doing it every day. Yeah. Look, man, here's the thing. You're never going to get there where you're doing it enough. Yeah. So that's the thing. You always got to continuously go, but how's anybody going to take you seriously if you can't even commit to consistent actions? You know, that's the thing I think about. Like when I'm on social media, when I first started, there wasn't anybody watching and liking it and all. I didn't even worry about it. I just kept putting it out there because if nothing else, I can go back and look at it for myself. My team at the office can go and look at the content and my son and daughter, when they get older, they can look back on it and see what their dad did. I just kept doing it and I'm still doing it like constantly, man. I, I'm, a, I'm like, you know, Grant does it and I'm like, well, if it's good enough for him, I'm going to do it. Three posts a day on Instagram. Five to 10 stories a day on Instagram, three posts on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, like everything I possibly do to put energy out consistently because I want people to see that I'm here to stay. I'm not going anywhere. Right. And there's going to be different levels of people. Some people will see it the first time and they're going to get it and they're going to be like, I connect with that dude. Other people are like indifferent. They see it and they're just like, whatever. And then you start going for a period of time and like, wait a minute, I got to pay attention to this guy. And then there's other people that get annoyed by you because you start posting so much and they're like, uh, this guy again, and then you keep yeah. going and then you have success. A book comes out that you said you're going to be writing for, I don't know how long. And the book comes out and it hits bestseller on Amazon immediately. And you're like, people are like, oh, shit, I better start taking, taking this guy seriously. Yeah. And so that's what goes through my head with the consistency factor. So that's what I follow. I follow those three C's and it's worked for me. I love that. Um, and just to connect it back to what we started with and the, you know, the title for this, as you're going through that, you know, you've, you've created that, that clarity of where you want to go. You've made that commitment and you're now showing up consistently saying, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to put these posts out there. I'm going to build this business. I'm going to make those phone calls, whatever it may be every day. Where do you, where does it also come in that you're leveraging the setbacks to turn that into rocket fuel? Cause you've been through many challenges. I've been through plenty of my own as well. Uh, and, and most people listening, right? Everybody's had challenges, right? Different types I always have to remind people like there's no competition of whose challenge was worse or bigger or harder, right? We all have our challenges and a lot of those challenges sometimes are going to get in the way, right? Um, economic climate, uh, you know, COVID was a huge one for many people in 2020. We have health challenges, family relationship challenges. How do we use those as rocket fuel to help us keep going with that, that commitment and that, that consistency? Well, first of all, you have to look at them as fuel. So the more that's coming at you, the more fuel you have because you need it for some reason. I don't mm. know why it's happening, but it, it's happening for a reason. There's fuel there that you need that if you didn't have, you wouldn't be able to advance. So that's the way I look at it. And then in, in immediately looking for opportunities when something like this happens. Like most people will wait three months, six months, a year down the road before they look back and see what good came from whatever the setback was. I look at it as fast as possible. 
I try to get this feeling that I get in my chest, like a, the bad feeling out of the way as fast as possible so that I can be clear and look for opportunities as fast as possible. And it doesn't get easier. Let me tell you, I, you know, I constantly, I mean, I constantly get that feeling when there's things happen. It's still immediately still get it. And then I have to yeah. like, all right, man, practice what you preach. Let's go. Yeah. And right. uh, it works. So it's, it, it's never failed me. It's never let me down. And, um, and, and to the topic of nobody seeing your stuff when you first start posting and getting discouraged and all that, like, that's a good thing because you're not good when you first start anyway. That's true. <laughs> so, you know, what I mean? like, why would you want people to see that anyway? <laughs> yeah, I, I've been there. I've been building the brand, you know, with two podcasts and social media and whatnot for the last, you know, few years since 2017 and, uh, plenty of times, right. People, nobody sees it. And you think like, oh, should I just give up on this? Like, no, you just learn and adjust and get better and better. Uh, and uh, I certainly haven't garnered as big of a following as you have, but uh, have made quite an impact because I've been consistently showing up on there. And I see, you know, look, you have 200,000 followers on Instagram. So obviously you've been out there creating a lot of value and consistently showing up, right? And, and providing that value well, to people. But let me, let me clarify something with you. So everything is not always as it appears in, in mm. business. New York's time bestseller. Unless you're a celebrity, the only way you get New York Times bestseller is to do a marketing campaign, which is getting somebody that has a big email list, pay them money to get it out to their people, do a 99 cent campaign, all these different things that there's all these tricks of the trade yep. for the Instagram. The most thing I'm proud of with Instagram is the blue check mark hmm. because that means that I had legit press out there. I'm doing things and they can validate me through all the search out there, right? The followers, man, let me tell you something about followers. I'm blowing up with followers now on the clubhouses out there. I got to, uh, I don't know, 100,000. Dude, there's things called promotions. You mm. promote your page out so that a lot of people see it and then they like it. If you're just trying to do social media and Instagram by putting posts out there you think people will be like and engage with, you won't grow your following that, that substantial. It just doesn't happen. That's not how it works. So you got to be out there promoting the page, putting on places where people will see it, not just on Instagram so that people come in and then they follow you that way. And then the more followers you have, the more people want to follow you. So it starts right. to build this momentum ball. Yeah. But it's not, yeah. But just to clarify for everybody that's watching, this isn't something where I started an Instagram page. I started putting my content up and people started following me only because of Instagram. It doesn't, right. it's not, it doesn't happen that way. And I'll give you another little tip. Organic on Instagram is terrible. And unless you buy likes and followers, not followers, likes and comments, you're going to have your engagement of probably, I don't know, give or take two to 5% of your followers. Yeah. So everybody that you see now when you're on there, just because this messes with people's head and gets them upset and they think they're not advancing. If you see somebody with a lot of views and a lot of likes and a lot of comments on their posts, just know that there's more to it than you think. Mm. It's very, this, this is, it's not, not, there's no, it's not never what it appears to be. Yeah, it's a lot more complicated than than people think, right? There's there's a lot of things that go into it, and you know, for for my audience, you know, I think most people are not looking for the big followership, right? But really, just how do I build a personal brand that's going to help me in my career? So, can you just talk about like what? How do you think about building a personal brand, and and why do you think uh, other people, or do you think other people, you know, especially if you're an employee, you're not necessarily trying to build your own business? That's something that people should be thinking about. So your, your personal brand is to set you apart from everyone else. And that's got to be filtered through your mission. Your personal brand has to be in alignment with your mission or it's not going to be real. It's going to be fake. It's not going to be genuine. People are going to be able to see it and you're going to be able to, they're going to be able to see it through you because you're not going to feel like you're, you're fulfilling your mission. 
So that brand has to be through that mission, what you're trying to accomplish, and then um, lean into it. Like again, commit, burn the ships, all out, commit to your brand. And despite what anybody says, despite what any, now if it's a mentor that's way further along than you and they're giving you advice on your brand, listen to them. But haters or people that are giving opinion or advice or people around you, don't listen to them. You know, I have a saying, thrust is a must. You have to move forward fast. That's part of my rocket fuel thing, right? Thrust is a Mm -hmm. must. And one of my closest friends hates it. And he's like, I polled a bunch of people, man. And they, they think it's too, too sex like related. I'm like, well, that's what they think. And dude, sex sells. So I'm going to keep doing it. And yeah. I kept doing it and it caught on. So, I mean, mm. it's on t-shirts and all this other stuff. So you can't listen to people unless they know exactly what they're talking about and they've done it. And so, so connect your brand to your mission, stay committed. Don't worry about the haters or other people that might be judging you. Now, you also mentioned advice from a mentor and you mentioned a mentor early on. Uh, can you talk about the importance of mentors and how that's been helpful for you? And I know you also, I think, mentor and coach others. That's something that seems to be underrated. A lot of people don't seek out those mentors or coaches enough. Yeah, I think I made the mistake over the years of doing things myself and learning through experience, which is not a problem, but it costs a lot of time and money and emotion and and you know, it hammers your relationships sometimes because you come home where we're out and you can't focus on your, your family and relationships. So instead of doing that, find somebody that's doing what you want to do or has accomplished what you want to accomplish. Go find them, find if they have any books or material first, don't pay for anything except for maybe a book and just start immersing yourself in their content, learning as much as possible, pulling in knowledge. And when you do that, you'll be able to cut corners as far as time and money to get places faster and more efficient. So, yeah, I agree completely. And all the more reason for people to go check out your book, right? You get to, to dig into some of your experience yeah, and knowledge much faster for $20, $25, whatever it is. There it is. Rocket fuel, convert setbacks, become unstoppable. Uh, can't wait to get my hands on a copy of that as well. Why, why did you write the book, by the way? When I fit, came up with that concept, man, uh, I just like, I, I got to figure out a way to get this out to people and have something that's a legacy that, like, that stays around for a while and impacts people. And that's the first thing that came to my mind. And I never thought about writing a book, never thought of myself as an author. But then I was like, you know what? Let me, let me challenge myself. So it's also kind of a challenge. And uh, I committed, by the way, before writing the book, I said, this is going to be a bestseller. I don't even know what that meant. This is going to be a bestseller. And Grant's going to write the forward for the book because he's had a big impact on me and my business. And, and uh, uh, he's going to write. And I, by the way, I had no idea if he would say yes. I didn't know if he wrote forwards before. Uh, he has it, I don't think. Um, but I committed to it and I started imagining it in my head. This is, this is no BS. You got to believe this stuff to see it. I just started thinking and I told my team, look, guys, we have to do everything that we're doing. Actions, words, and thoughts go towards this mission when we're writing this book. If you're not going to be on board with that, you can't be on this team. And then we pursued it and that put me into a situation where I was under a lot of pressure to get it done and also write a quality book. Yeah. And uh, maybe I knew that subconsciously that I needed that that pressure. <laughs> right. Provides that rocket fuel, man. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm the same way. I was in a situation in, in 2020. I wrote uh, my book and published it in November, but I started after I wrote the first draft and got it edited and I got sidetracked with some other projects I was working on and then I had to go back to my daily affirmations and my goal that I said, I will publish a book in 2020. And that's when I decided to set the date. Okay. November 16th, it's going to come out, put all the team in place, went out and got endorsements from a bunch of different people, other authors, stuff like that. Like this is going to happen. This is going to happen this year. We put the, the plan together and 
and just took action on it, you know, put rocket fuel yeah. in there and, and published it. And I saw you do the same thing. Did you go, did you go through the phase? Like when you're reading it, because you know, the stuff and when you read, when you write a book, I don't know if anybody knows this, but you got to read it over and over and over again. Yeah. Um, did you go through the phase where you're like, dude, everybody knows this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, is this really a good book? Like everybody knows this, don't they? Like, am I just rewriting? So- like I, I went through this, like this mental thing where I was just like, man, I don't know if this is any good, man. And like, but then I remembered, wait a minute, I, I forgot the journey that I went on to learn all this stuff and the mm-hmm. money that I invested in myself and the mentors that I've had and the experiences that I've had that most people don't have yet. Right. So I forgot about, I didn't know if you experienced that. Yeah. And you've achieved a level of success. A lot of people would want, and so they want to know how you got there, which is why people listen to your podcast, why they're listening to this interview now. And uh, yeah, I went through that too. I mean, I, all the stuff that I have written in my book and that I've done, you know, I don't feel like I made anything up, right? I have right. learned from so many mentors before me, books and joining mastermind groups and hiring coaches and following others. Um, but I put it all together in a way that worked really well for me and I know will work for other people. And so that's why I put it out there and, you know, was able to kind of put past, it's a, it's a lot of mindset work, right? To get past the kind of imposter syndrome of like, oh, what if people hate this? They're like, of course, you know, this is obvious stuff. But I know that I'm packaging in a way that's been helpful for me and I know it would be helpful to others. And for me, I know the feedback's been fantastic. I know it has been for your book as well. So, but a lot of people, you know, let fear hold them back and they don't ever put that stuff out into the world. So I'm just glad. Yeah, it, takes, it takes a lot of courage and I commend anybody that writes a book, you know, because um, it, it's definitely not easy. Um, you know, you, you're your own enemy and you're your own blo- roadblock a lot of times. So, yeah, for sure. Um, we're getting low on time. I want to ask you, you've got something going on called the blueprint for success. B L O O P R I N T. Yeah. The company's called blueprinted B L O O printed. Okay. And you know, there's a uh, digital training courses out there. I have one video courses. Uh, I've taken a bunch. I've bought a bunch. And what we saw was that the, the completion rate is very, very low. Like 83.6% of people that buy courses do not complete them. I believe it. And then that means the success rate is below 20%. Mm -hmm. So people that are good at marketing are making money on courses without a concern necessarily for their their, their, their clients. You you want people that buy your course to to leverage it and be successful, right? Right. So I'm like, okay, what's the problem here? Well, one is people get lose interest. They get distracted. They're not committed. Uh, They don't have accountability and, or they don't, um, if they do finish it, they don't retain the information and they don't know what step to take next. Like what's next? What's the step after that? What's that? How many steps are there? Here's the thing. So what we created, I, I solved this problem with my team, my partners with, if somebody has the, the steps to success in an algorithmic project management format where they can say, okay, here, do step one, then go to step two. If you encounter this at step two, do this. If you counter this, do B instead of A. Yeah, and it just walks you through exactly how to accomplish something. We created a marketplace. It's like a social media app, but it's a marketplace where people can go on and put their blueprints in our system and sell it to the marketplace. And then they can coach off of it, consult off of it, build community off of it. It's an industry disruptor, man. And the other thing is going to create a new industry because when websites came out, most people didn't want to build their own website. So they hired web developers. Mm-hmm. Well, most people aren't going to want to build their own blueprint. They'll have the content for it, but they'll want somebody to build it. So then there's going to be blueprinters now. So there's all kinds of things that are going to come from this. It's a utility. It's going to be used a lot by people every day. And I'm just so fired up to get this out. Um, so that's one main thing that we're working on. I'm in the tech space now. I'm a techie. 
And the yeah. other thing, a force for good, is the Young Entrepreneurs Movement. If you're listening to this and you have access to children, uh, schools, universities, we have a Young Entrepreneur Movement that we're going to put a million kids through in the next 12 months. It's a curriculum of how to come up with a tech idea, a big idea, what to do next from that, from ideation to validating in the market and how to ca carry it through to go to market. And it's in a format where kids can understand it. And we're going to co-found tech companies with children that come up with ideas that are validated. And awesome. it's $97 one-time fee. And when you do this, we're taking $80 of that $97 and putting it into a fund. And that's how we're going to fund these tech products, these projects. So uh, we're going we're gonna to create you know, our, our mission, my partner, Jared Yellen, to started this, had a mission to do 10,000 tech companies in the next 10 years. Wow. So we're going to make it happen and I'm fully behind it, uh, committed as I talked about before. If you're interested in that, you can DM me on Instagram, Mikey C-Rock, or hit me up on LinkedIn. Love it. Well, we are live on LinkedIn right now, as well as uh, Facebook and YouTube. So hopefully some people will uh, check that out. I saw a comment from my friend Payal. He says, steps to success in a project management systematic way. Love it. Uh, I think it's a great idea too. And I definitely want to talk to you more about that, Mike, because I have, uh, I'm actually working on a new course from my book right now, a new course and community I'm going to launch for people that want to achieve more career success. And uh, I want to get that set up in a platform in a way that, uh, that people are going to be able to leverage it, use it uh, and achieve more success. And of course, I think we both want to make the world a better place. So I love the mission you have uh, with a force for good and love to be able to support that however I can as well. So really cool stuff you're doing, man. Thank you, Andy. I appreciate you, brother. And I'm, I just want to express gratitude to you and your audience for for showing up and have you having me here. Um, because if we don't invite people onto our shows to share, like we can't impact the world. And I'm really thankful and, and just want to show gratitude to you for that, man. True, true. Well, thank you so much, Mike. Uh, last question for you. Uh, my book and this show is called Own Your Career, Own Your Life. When you hear that phrase, what does that mean to you? 100% responsibility. To the degree you give up responsibility, you give up control. And you know, when you talk about owning something, that's taking responsibility for it, right? So that's what it means to me, man. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Love it. The book is called Rocket Fuel. Uh, Mike, where can people go to get the book and also find out more about you and, and everything else you're doing? MikeCrock.com, MikeCrock.com. That's CRock with no K, MikeCrock.com. And everything on there to contact me is on there. So reach out if you have any questions on anything I talked about. Uh, I'd love to get involved with anyone that's listening. Sounds good. Thank you so much, Mike, for coming on. I appreciate it. It's been an awesome, awesome show. Look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks, Andy.